0: go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 9th of August 2013. For the newcomers, please look into the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, you'll find lots and lots of audios for free download where I take you through the system that set itself up over 100 years ago. And with this big, big plans for future cultural changes to get us into the, the, the end product. Basically, it's a, a new type of humanity. And we're almost there too. And, uh, and how it's set up by the biggest bankers or international money lenders of their, their day back in the city of London. And how they plan to bring on academia on board, which they've done. And scientists and so on to recruit lots of scientists. They get grant money to science. To to create new kinds of even humans down the road To serve an elite better All based on eugenics of course But they decided a hundred years ago To take over all the resources of the world too Through wars and every other means possible And even set out people like Cecil Rhodes To go out and start it off And take over diamond and gold mines in Africa So uh, this this organisation is a private organisation Royal Institute for International Affairs And its counterpart, actually it's his cousin, CFR which is the American branch, and they have branches across the world in all countries now. All the top politicians are, are a member of this one organisation, everywhere across the planet. But so we're well on the way into this uh, this agenda. Of course, uh, they also brought in uh, many of the, the what was called the socialist or communist agenda into this this uh, this, this particular plan as well, because they preferred big governments managing an unruly people. And that that way, too, they can keep everyone under wraps, basically, and under observation. And also, they they train the public, even from childbirth, uh, which they're already doing in Scotland, by the way, by putting out government-appointed overseers over every child that's born. Uh, So they're well on their way to their whole global agenda and to the new society, a new system, which, again, is based on austerity, post-consumerism for the public, because all their spending money will go on bare essentials. Uh, the things that you really, really need, energy, food, water, housing, and so on. We're, we're all, we're going through it. Everything was planned, as I say, a hundred years ago. And the culture was degraded step by step to bring us to this step, this stage as well. It's worked awfully well. And also, remember, two, you bring me to you. You can help me take along by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com, where I take you through this whole art of conning a great multitudes of people from ancient times to the present. Old techniques, of course, although they're much more sophisticated today with uh, instant communication across the planet, the same news getting put out across the planet, because all the uh, newscasters and all the big uh, uh, news employers, uh, magnets, you might say, they're part of the same club, this Global Agenda Club. So we all get the same indoctrination, the same nonsense, and and most folk believe it, unfortunately. So help yourself. But to buy the books and discs at cutting through to see how it's done, uh, you can also, from the US to Canada, remember you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders from the post office, or you can use send cash or use PayPal. Across the world, you've got Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal, and straight the nations are awfully welcome because uh, we're going through a mandatory inflation. Which means devaluation of your currencies and less buying power for everything you buy. Everybody, everybody's seeing the prices going up and up and up. Planned before the bank crashes, by the way. In fact, the bank crashes in 2008 were essential to get, kick it all off. Nothing happens on this big scale without years and years of notice for all happening to the big boys. Because they plan it all, including the wars too. And they do go by timetables. They're very stickly about timetables. Because they they run the world like a big business plan. Awfully important to understand that. And they have have different uh, think tanks working for the big foundations, these private foundations owned by the biggest international corporations and bankers on the planet. And they literally uh, plan the future. Uh, so the future doesn't so, somehow progress and stumble into something down the road It's planned to go down certain pathways And we have never faltered from that path whatsoever for a hundred years Including the World War One and Two, as all part of it too Because sovereignty at the end has to be given up completely And groups of nations are brought together under regions And, and you have the European Union for instance uh, which was the first part to be uh, amalgamated to all the countries into one superpower, supposedly, as they'll get taxed to death by this super-Soviet system uh, called the EU Parliament, which is not democratic at all. America ventures to go the same way. And you can see it being pushed today uh, with more uh, authoritative types of, of uh, statements being given out to the to the general population, which are not democratic at all. There's no input from the general public on where things are going. It's all simply handouts to the newspapers from government departments. And that's how the Soviet Union ran it too, by the way, for those who don't know that. That way there's no, there's no demonstrations in the streets before things are signed and so on, because the public don't hear about it until it's passed. It's so simple a technique. But anyway, I go through the history of all this, of these techniques that are used, and I go through the effects of the psychologists, behaviorists, and anthropologists, even too, because they have every specialist on every, every ethnic group involved in this to manage us all down the garden path to obedient slaves, basically. And the US, which took over the whole Planned from Britain, it was handed the torch was handed way back in the days of Kipling to the US to take over as a policeman of the world, which also meant, too, they'd plunder across the planet and share it with those in London, the city of London, that is, the banking city. And, of course, they accumulate debt at the same time because the public pay, pays for all the wars and the private corporations are given all the free goodies. That's how it was in Britain, too, and that's why they pretty well collapsed as well. And the US is at that stage today is simply. Uh, it's all patchwork today to stop it all collapsing completely. And I'll be touching on some of this tonight because the signs are all around us, of course, of basically what happens in third world countries uh, and how they got into the mess that they're in too, some of them. And uh, the big bankers, of course, uh, are, are going along with this agenda because they're part of the Royal Institute for International Affairs. In fact, it was that, that private club that set up the United Nations, the World Bank, the Bank for International Settlements, and the International Monetary Fund, and many other organizations, which you think are all so official, and, and they're there naturally like gravity or something. No, they're, they were all put there by the private club that were the elites of the day, and still are, by the way, the same elite of the day. So we're not staggering down time, just bumping into things and politicians get up and fix it, far, far from it. Everything that happens on a, a large scale was planned well in advance, well in advance, including the mass uh, unemployment that would be left after all the factories went off to China. and that was took years of negotiations through the World Trade Organization and another pr- private organization set up by CFR or All Institute for International Affairs, a long time ago, and we had no say in that whatsoever. So they knew the the fallout across the Western world, uh, and they basically said, we'll bring in service economies. Service economies they discussed as far back as the 1970s in Britain, because that's what they had planned for that before the US and Canada and elsewhere. Because service economies, you import stuff and simply pass it around from hands to hands to the shopkeeper, and you can only float for a few years using that technique. Then you sink. And they used to equate it like a dog falling into a swimming pool. It can keep dog paddling for as long as it can, but once it's tired out, it sinks and it drowns. And that's what uh, the service economy was meant to do, do eventually. The country that's not manufacturing doesn't have all the different levels from raw ore, whatever, up to the finished product. So many different processes and different uh, companies it goes through that spreads the wealth around. If it doesn't have that, believe you me, it's lost a lot of its money and its wealth and its standard of living. And that's what service economies were designed to do. But thanks again to all at the top people, all prime ministers and presidents who were elected, and again, vetted prior to elections to be eligible for election by these private organizations, CFR and Royal Institute for International Affairs, because they're all members of this club. And they signed everything away a long time ago, and they've not they've not finished yet. By the way, now here the music coming in, so I'll be touching on some more of this after these messages. Hi, folks. I'm back, cutting through the matrix now. Indoctrination takes many, many forms. It's lifelong, of course. Whether you call it education or indoctrination, it's the same thing. And uh, the state always decides what kind of indoctrination uh, the elite want uh, to to put on to the people down below. And so we all get our propaganda, indoctrination, and so on. So well done, too, even through school, where they can make you believe in anything by omission when they show you the little uh, videos uh, and so on. And DVDs of particular topics, whether it's wildlife, or forests, or whatever else. And there's always a woman who speaks over it, with music in the background too. That gets very, very um, ominous at certain times, or else is very happy at certain times. And that's all part of the techniques of brainwashing, by the way. Uh, if, you, if you want to give an argument about something, there's no music in the background, there's no woman with uh, a low kind of uh, moderated voice that, that uh, is hypnotic in the way it talks to you. It's all done by design. But anyway, it's, it's lifelong and we've been all brainwashed to believe that uh, dictators, for instance, and the cruelest men in the world all wear military uniforms. And you can go all the way back, as I say, especially from the Russian Revolution, and to the days of Stalin, and then you had uh, Nazi Germany. Uh, then, of course, you had, well, even before that, you had, uh, you had um, uh, the Spanish uh, uh, leaders too who wore uniforms during the Civil War. Then you had uh, and Franco, and then you had. Um, it's the same thing too, of course, with Castro uh, and different ones too. So we're so used to seeing that figure because we live in democracies, right? We kept we're kept, we kept being told that we live in democracies and that we have some kind of saying in, in something, which of course we've done at all. But um, that's the techniques that still used today. If you live in a democracy, you'll accept all kinds of tyranny because you can't equate uh, evil as uh, being dressed up in a business suit. I've said that so many, many times. Uh, especially when they've, when they've got uh, degrees from the top universities as well. Like, I Because mean, we get confused with intelligence and good people and, and education and good people. We get very confused about that. It's been somehow drummed into us. It's all one and the same. But it's not, of course. And this is a little quote from C.S. Lewis. From the Screw Tape Letters, and he the Screw Tape Letters is worth going through all the little sayings he put in there because it's about just a sort of devil uh, talking to his son an apprentice on, on all of mankind and how it works, etc. But it, this, it says here, "I live in the managerial age. It's the managerial age, that's what we're in today." A corporate age In a world of admin For administration The greatest evil Is not now done In the sordid dens of crime That Dickens loved to paint Where all the gangs You understand the guys At the top of one country Are gangs of people folks So he's comparing it To the old idea Of the beer swelling guys and, and, And low lit places Dens of crime That Dickens loved to paint He said it's not done Even in concentration camps And labor camps In those we see its final result, but it is conceived and ordered, which means moved, seconded, carried, and minuted, in clean, carpeted, warm, and well-lighted offices by quiet men with white collars and cut fingernails and smooth, shaven cheeks who do not need to raise their voices. Hence, naturally enough, my symbol for hell is something like the bureaucracy of a police state or the office of a thoroughly nasty business concern and ain't that the way of it, folks? Because that's what we, that's what we live under today. But most folk are completely, uh, uh unable, completely unable. I mean, unable, not just unwilling, but unable to see it because of the conditioning has been so incredibly intense. Now, Signs of third world countries is when you get things that are stolen that can be sold and for cash, things that are in demand and so on. I've mentioned articles before on copper theft in the US and elsewhere too, by the way. Uh, used to do the same in South Africa and in different places. But it says that copper is such a hot commodity that thieves are going after metal everywhere or anywhere they can find it. In a knowledgeable power station in Wichita, Kansas, or half a dozen middle-class homes in Morris Township, New Jersey. Even on a Utah highway construction site, crooks managed to abscond with six miles of copper wire. Uh, so those are just a handful of recent targets across the U.S. in the $1 billion business of copper thefts. I understand there's going to be more and more thieving going on elsewhere as we go down into austerity, is what you call it, austerity, which is planned, of course, with austerity. There's no question the theft has gotten much, much worse, said Mike Adelizi, president of the American Supply Association. And he says uh, there was a perception that copper theft slowed down after the recession. I wonder when the recession ended eh, after the recession. And the rise in commodity prices seemed to ease off. He said, but that's not the case. The theft has only been growing. Stolen copper is valuable as scrap because the metal is used for so many items, from fibre optics to plumbing to anything electrical, and the profits are tempting. He says copper prices have leveled since the recession, but they're still high enough to have people steal it. And it's also a very tangible asset and hard to trace. Recently it can bring in lots of money added. Remember too, that China will import it if it's already pure copper. Because they're making pretty well all the plumbing stuff that's shipped back to, to elsewhere, and the, and the wiring too. It says, 10 years ago, Copper Futures traded at 80 cents a pound on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. That's what it was, 80 cents. By 2006, it was up to $4 a pound, so they really jacked that up big time. They're now trading at about $3 a pound, lower than seven years ago, but still 375% higher than 2003. And it says... Um, According to the latest stats from the National Insurance Crime Bureau, which tracks instances of metal theft, 25,083 crimes or, or claims were filed from 2009 to 12, compared with 13,861 from 2006 to 8. Nearly 96% of the claims in the more recent period were for copper theft. By the way, they're still stealing bronze and everything in copper from graveyards too, from that they're often attached to the stones. The five leading states for the thefts are Ohio, Texas, Georgia, California and Illinois, the NICB said. The problem has been left largely to local law enforcement agencies, though the FBI stepped in and arrested dozens of people over the last five years. But uh, as I say, it's so it's a lucrative a field when your country's plummeting uh, and there's less and less work going around and prices are skyrocketing because of managed inflation and, and uh, mandated inflation, by the way. Year by year. But um, that just shows you how, how, how they're, they're taking massive amounts, some of them, and they're getting really good gags because they're taking massive amounts at one go. And it says, when, And Mark, someone took off with $68,000 worth of copper from a PCE and G substation under construction in Montgomery Township, New Jersey, making it off with several £1,000 spools of wire. And it goes on and on and on. So, so that's one symptom of everything going down the tubes as it's meant to go and just how else are you need to bring into austerity, folks? What do you think that means? What do you think when everybody's read these articles on the mainstream, but it really doesn't sink in because people are, have been trained since birth that this people people above them that deal with all of this that come from special rooms and are, are somehow daddy figures or something. They would never do that to you. Even when they're talking about it they'll never go and cursor doing it to you. They go to all these world meetings and they plan to bring you into austerity. And how do you get you into... They've got to bring in inflation, uh, low wages, etc., 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 to get into austerity, high taxations. And of course, to make sure that all the utilities and the supply of food, utilities and so on, uh, skyrocket in price. It's very simple. All your extra spending money is now to go to essentials only. I keep saying this. Another part, too, is also to do with uh, the lifestyle. Now, I've mentioned so many times that the culture industry is a, is a main, main part of, of planning the future by those who create the future and plan it all. Uh, the culture industry has to go down the tubes, or at least to take the old society down the tubes with it. That's why all non-governmental organizations get money from the private foundations owned by the big bankers, and they get money from your governments. They get tax money only for pushing for radical change. We'll go into radical change when we come back after this break. Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks, we're back cutting through the Matrix. I'm talking about culture industry, of course, and how it's an essential part in guiding the future because if you want to get from A to B, the big boys and their think tanks look at all the things that would stop them from getting to A to B to C and so on. And if you took the society, say, from the 1950s and put it in the present day and then hit them with everything that they're getting hit with now from the culture industry, this meant to change their behavior, there'd be mass riots. And uh, and, and the part, part of the reason was to see the culture industry, according to the Frankfurt School who was heavily involved in setting a lot of it up with its, its future agenda, uh, was set up really, again, using your tax money and private foundations money to destroy all that was normal in those strong societies. So that government, in its true socialist form, as big governments and lots of government agencies uh, would, would be the masters In the 1950s They could never have done it Because people Who all had so much In common with each other I mean, Most of them were married For instance And had children uh, Would stand up together And you had so much In common with all your neighbours They'd all stand up With you too That's how it is So what you do is, is you break up All the bonds of that You destroy the marriage That was in the communist Manifesto too And um, And so on and so on And that also came out during the Rees Commission Back in the 1950s To do with the private foundations Encouraging this kind of thing And no one asks How come your governments are financing uh, All groups that say they're they're for radical change What I mean is destroying all that was All that was folks They made you strong and and healthy And kept you together Uh, For the world that was to be planned for them and here we are with it. And you find in reality shows and so on, uh, just like uh, Adorno and others said, they would, they would train the public through all the different things they would see in the, push, in, the, in the entertainment industry and culture industry through shows, movies, and dramas, and so on. But this is the secret life of swingers. Now, I know they've gone down the tubes in television drastically, so I never watch TV. And if you want a good mind that still works, don't watch it at all, folks, because it's weaponized. But anyway, it's Life of Swingers. It says, new reality show reveals what really goes on when five average couples swap sexual partners. This is mainstream media here, you know. And this is, uh, they'll follow the five, uh, our average all-American couples. So this is the idea to make you think, just like the, the Kinsey report was to make all women think that we're missing out on something, then all women behaved the way that uh, his subjects did. He just didn't tell you he was using prostitutes. And all his studies, he just forgot to mention that. that Perhaps to get everyone so-called liberty, so they'd try all this stuff themselves. And you can see how psychiatry benefited a great boon in it because everybody ended up kind of mentally ill in their forties and fifties, done it all, seen it all, but literally had nobody at all to share their lives with, including children. But anyway, this is another one of the same thing going on. And it says says, he juggled marriages, careers and daily life with swinging. And, and of course I've got a lot of viewers because as soon as you mention sex lives, people are just, uh, you know, addicted to this kind of stuff about other people. And that's why you watch movies about people. You know, it's hard to watch movies about, say, insects or something, but uh, it's easy to watch movies about people because you see you are part of a, of of a, a species. And in, in tribal, the tribal instincts that you have as a species, you've got to know everything that happens, say, in a local village you already to know who's who, and, and you've got to know all the different quirks and quarks about different people in that village. It was very important in those days. But that instinct's still with us. Still with us. So when you, you hear about stuff like this, the average, um, average American couples, all American couples, uh, having swing parties, uh, uh, orgies, and, and swapping partners, and all the rest of it, uh, this is to, to make, your, your village instinct still kicks in, and people gravitate towards this and so on. And then they'll start to, to, to and they'll see people as very, very human. And, and that's what they do, too, when they make these particular documentaries or whatever. They'll cut out certain things they'll say that are negative, and they'll keep in all the positive little things they see about it. And then other focus, will say, well, maybe I should try that, too. And that's how simple it is to get it all started, you see. But I'll put this link up tonight to show you how it all works together. As I say, the Frankfurt School came out with it at first, and they would use music too, as well as dramas, etc., to change the culture into radical change, meaning completely destroy the old culture, which is pretty well done. It's almost here for most folk. And also, too, in Britain, um, which is just, just uh, swamped with immigration, of course, every year they come up with the same kind of stuff. This is a baby boom Britain, the highest number of births since 1971, fueled by migrants and older mothers, It's mainly migrants. Uh, it says nearly 724,000 babies were born in England and Wales last year A quarter were babies born to immigrant mothers New figures re- reveal But another ones were born to uh, first generation They're already, they're already um, citizens They're still immigrants in a sense So you could go way up beyond a quarter So almost 30,000 uh, were women over the age of 40 Which is still pretty small The highest number of births since the tail end of the 1960s So-called baby boom and the key reason for the rise in numbers of babies is large-scale immigration of the past decade. What do you mean decade? They've been doing it for 20 odd years or more. Which has brought in mainly young men and women ready to have families, which is true enough. The countries they're bringing in, in, them from didn't have the entertainment industry and the cultural wars upon the public. And they still, uh, they still have families, strangely enough. Isn't it strange? And it says, uh, arrived migrants also tend to have higher birth rates than people in the existing population, population which is true enough, because again, uh, Britain had, uh, since World War I actually, they had an ongoing drumbeat from the top down, telling them to have fewer fewer children. Lots of books were put out between the two world wars about this, in fact. And many of them criticised that the ones who were telling the public to have less children uh, that, because the, the ones we were telling them to do it were the big, big uh, uh, arist- aristocratic families that often had ten children in their families but, but the ones down below shouldn't have that, you see because, the, by the way, they had this whole agenda plan back then even in World War One, to bring multiculturalism across these systems destroy the old system and eradicate it altogether folk have no idea what really goes on, you know anyway it says uh, another factor pushing up the birth rates It's a growing trend for women of 40 and older to have children Numbers of babies born to 40-something Are now running at five times the level of the mid-1970s And reached almost 30,000 last year And, you know, blah, blah, blah Anyway, there's also one for Scotland which says the same thing uh, Scotland's going up, but again, it's mainly due to to immigration again Same thing's happening in Ireland, by the way So, as well on the way to the agenda being fulfilled there also want to mention tonight that um, an email service, an email service that was used by Snowden uh, shuts down amid fight over customer information. says, an encrypted email service believed to have been used by the American fugitive Edward Snowden has shut down abruptly amid a a legal fight that appeared to involve U.S. government attempts to win access to customer information. The the guy, the CEO, said, I have been forced to make a difficult decision to become complicit in crimes against the American people or walk away from nearly 10 years of hard work by shutting down Lavabit, Lavabit owner uh, Ladar Levison wrote in a letter posted on the Texas-based company's website. Mr. Levison said he had decided to suspend operations, but was barred from discussing the events over the past six weeks that led to his decision. That matches the period since Snowden went public as a source of media reports detailing secret electronic spying operations by the U.S. National Security Agency. This experience has taught me one very important lesson. He said, without congressional action or a strong judicial precedent, I would strongly recommend against anyone trusting their private data to a company with physical ties to the United States, Mr. Levison wrote. And that says it all, doesn't it? That, that says it all. And it says later, an executive with a better known provider of secure email said his company had also shut down that service. John Callas, co-founder of Silent Circle said Twitter and in a blog post that Silent Circle had ended at Silent Mail We see the writing on the wall we decided it's best for us to shut down Silent Mail now, Mr. Callas wrote on a blog address to customers We've not received subpoenas, warrants security letters or anything else by the government and this is why we are acting now so that they won't get them and get charged with it It means it's police state stuff, isn't it? That's just where we are it says, large providers help authorities gather data on users. At a Moscow news conference four weeks ago, a Human Rights Watch Reps said she'd been contacted by Snowden from a Lavabit email address according to news website, globalpost.com. Use of effective encryption by regular email users is rare. Some of Snowden's leaked documents show that Google, Microsoft and other large providers have been compelled to help intelligence authorities gather email and other data on their users. The big providers and other companies typically offer encryption, but said they cooperate with legal requests, including those by intelligence officials. Love was something of an outlier, in part because it said it, 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 its email was encrypted on its servers and it could only be accessed with the user's password. So it's quite something when top guys of companies in the U.S. Uh, that do with email uh, tell you not to use any company uh, that's based in the States. No physical ties to the US It's amazing how all this is happening But that those involved in the US Will never never believe it They still want to believe That something will go right now And that the folks at the top Really are trying to look after Their own best interests See you make excuses for the abusers Don't you Back with more after this Hi, folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. What you see, too, it's not just scams from the top and, and corruption at the top in government. You'll find when societies go down the tubes, uh, it's, it goes right down to the bottom level, all the corruption, uh, local councils, everything, uh, including all the industries. Medical industry is a big one for it, of course, especially when, when they can deal with insurance companies and doctors do it directly sometimes and uh, and no one checks into what they're up to. Here's an article that stands out because uh, you wouldn't believe it. I've always said the biggest money is made out of misery and off of misery, human misery. And that's where the biggest money sh- truly is made. But it says, Rochester Mills, Michigan, it says, Dr. Farad Fata website for his Michigan hematology oncology practice promises the best cancer care anywhere. But U.S. attorney Barbara McQuaid says otherwise. Federal agents arrested the 48-year-old Oakland Township doctor this morning at his Rochester Hills practice. McQuaid says he's charged with healthcare fraud for his role in a scheme to submit false claims to Medicare for treatments that were medically unnecessary. It probably killed a lot off, actually, uh, quicker. McQuaid said the fraud scheme involves $35 million And there's a lot of the matter uh, Wherever you give them a free hand You see, they're special people They're all professionals When you have a student who say that Folks sort of stand back and think they're all honest too They get very confused they, they must be honest you know. Federal officials are alleging an even worse crime Than cheating Medicare In their criminal complaint against FATA The FBI agency, Dr. FATA Directed the administration of unnecessary chemotherapy To patients in remission the FEDC also deliberately misdiagnosed patients having cancer to justify unnecessary cancer treatment. Federal agency FATA directed uh, administration of chemotherapy to end-of-life patients who would not benefit from the treatment, uh, they'd die faster actually at that stage, and deliberately misdiagnosed patients without cancer to justify the expense of testing. In the Dr. Fata owns and operates Michigan Hematology Oncology Centres, which has offices in Clarkston, Bloomfields, Hills, Lapeer, Sterling Heights and Oak Park. Agents also searched his house at Nockland uh, Township, as well as Fata's other offices in Clarkston and Bloomfield Hills. They took evidence from Fata's United Diagnostics, which is just down the road street or the street from this Rochester Hills Oncology Office. The News was there Tuesday mornings. The FBI took boxes into Roger Hill's location to start executing their search warrants. So, th- this happens all over the place. I can remember even Canada, with the health system they have here and the National Health, and they don't check on the doctors to see how many patients they actually have seen per year. They just take their word for it. And we've had massive overbilling before with guys who are unscrupulous. And and there's plenty of them out there. That, yeah, the, the the temptation for it is just too big for so many of them. There, there seems to be human nature as we go down the tubes, you know, because there's no morality left in any, any way at all. It's getting worse, actually, as, as we see. Plus, this article is awfully good because as America goes down the tubes, as I'm side off, this broadcast saying that, that you see the signs of a third world country uh, in so many ways. But it says, Americans are now announcing the US citizens a citizenship and it surged sixfold in the second quarter from a year earlier as the government prepares to introduce tougher asset disclosure rules expatriates giving up the nationality at US embassies climbed to 1,131 in the three months through June from 189 in the three three earlier period according to Federal research figures published today. That brought the first half total to 1,810 compared with 235 for the whole of 2008. The US, the only nation in the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development, which again was set up by the Royal Institute for International Affairs, CFR, uh, and it says that taxes citizens wherever they reside is searching for tax cheats in offshore centers, including Switzerland, as the government tries to curb the budget deficit. And there was this massive debt that they have shunned by Swiss and German banks and facing tougher asset disclosure rules under the Foreign Accounts Tax Compliance Act. More of the estimated 6 million Americans living overseas are weighing the cost of holding a US passport. So they get taxed when they stay abroad, you see. This is with, a looming deadline for FATCA, more and more US citizens are becoming aware that they have US tax reporting obligations. says Matthew Ledvina, US tax lawyer at an Annaford AG in Zurich. Once aware, they decide to renounce their US citizenship. Why pay two taxes, one in one country and one in another, right? Eh? The fact, requires foreign financial institutions to report to the Internal Revenue Service information about financial accounts held by U.S. taxpayers or held by foreign entities in which U.S. taxpayers hold a substantial ownership interest. It was estimated to generate $8.7 billion over 10 years, according to Congressional Joint Committee on Taxation. The 2010 FATCA Law requires banks to withhold 30% from certain US connected payments to some accounts of American clients who don't disclose enough information to the IRS. While banks can sign agreements to report the to IRS, the IRS individually, men are precluded from doing so by privacy laws in their jurisdictions. The Treasury Department last month announced that the IRS will delay the start of FATCA by six months until July 1st, 2014, to give foreign banks time to comply with the law. The extension of the act follows a previous one-year delay announced in 2011. And uh, they're saying abroad too, uh, and other banks that that are outside the US, are saying that the, the concerns that the FATCA is simply too complex. The latest delay comes after the Swiss government agreed in February to simplifications that would help the country's banks implement FATCA. The U.S. wishes to ensure that all income earned worldwide by U.S. taxpayers and accounts held abroad can be taxed by the United States, the Swiss government said on April 10th. Since 2011, Americans who disclosed their non-US bank accounts to the IRS must file the more expensive 3938 form that asks for all foreign financial assets, including insurance contracts, loans, and shareholdings in non-UNNS companies. Failure to file that form can result in a fine as much as $50,000, and the clients can be penalized half the amount of an undeclared foreign bank account under the Bank Secrecy Act of 1970. So, they're really going at it now as the U.S. is going down the tubes we're owing so much incredible debt. They say actually the debt, they've re-evaluated the debt. Another, they've said it six, six times what they said it was before with all their wars going on across the world and all their giveaways to other countries and so on and so on and so on. Uh, obviously, the cat comes home to roost eventually And just simply not enough money getting made internally Because there's there's less and less work internally Since all manufacturing pretty well moved offshore Quite a few years back to China Uh, Thanks to private organisations Like I said, the CFR The Royal Institute of International Affairs That created the World Trade Organisation And signed the GATT Treaty To make sure this all happened It's not a surprise They knew what would happen When they did it, by the way So now they're scrounging across the world to try to reckon as much cash as they can, but people are certainly giving up their, they're just giving up their citizenships, they're moving offshore and giving up their citizenships because the, the, the writing's on the walls, the wall for floor, nothing's going to get better just like that, it doesn't happen like that. And apart from that, they've told us the plans, is, it's not going to get better. And all the top think tanks they work for the big foundations. Also, too, this article is quite amusing in some ways, but it says Costa Rica will stop sending cocaine to Miami. According to an official press release from the Organization of Judicial Investigations, Costa Rica will no longer send cocaine or other controlled substances to the U.S., at least for the time being. The announcement comes in the wake of news reports about nearly 24 tons of cocaine transported by the U.S. Air Force to Miami Saturday, July 27th, 2013. 24 tons. tons. The OIJ further explained that the officials in Costa Rica had spoken to the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration about the temporary lack of an incinerator to destroy seized powder cocaine, marijuana and other illegal drugs. Prior to the massive airlift to cocaine to Miami in late July, the OIJ had managed to destroy almost 23 tonnes of drugs over the years at cement fact, a, cement, a cement factory in Cartago. But a couple of unfortunate instances resulted in the stockpiling piling off confiscated drugs and that giant ended up with too much coke. There's so much they don't want to do with it nowadays. So they're flying over to the US, uh, to Miami and different places. A lot of it goes missing once it arrives, by the way. It says it's in Article 2, naturally. And it's just coming in like, like crazy and, and to Costa Rica. And it says that uh, Before a Boeing C-17 Globemaster From the US Air Force Landed at the Daniel-Odeburg-Kiros International Airport In late July To transport pallets Upon pallets of cocaine To Miami The wide giant Evidence Warehouse In San Jacquin De Flores Province of Heredia Was ready to bust From all the drugs contained Therein Particularly cocaine Hydrochloric In powder form Their incinerator Had bust down And so they sent To the US It's not the first thing They sent To the US I see a lot of it's gone missing in the US too before, uh, of course, naturally. Anyway that's it. From Hamish Monserr Frontier, Canada. It's good night me a god of your gods go with you.